The Weapon of Prayer by Ian Bounds Chapter 5 Prayerless Christians There is great need in this day of Christian businessmen to infuse their mundane affairs with a spirit of prayer. There is a great army of successful merchants of almost every kind who are members of Christ's church, and it is high time these men attended to this matter. This is but another version of the phrase, putting God into business, the realization and restraint of his presence and of his fear and all the secularities of life. We need the atmosphere of the prayer closet to pervade our public sales rooms and counting houses. The sanctity of prayer is needed to impregnate business. We need the spirit of Sunday carried over to Monday and continued until Saturday. But this cannot be done by prayerless men, but by men of prayer. We need businessmen to go about their concerns with the same reverency and responsibility with which they enter the closet. Men are badly needed who are devoid of greed, but who, with all their hearts, carry God with them into the secular affairs of life. Men of the world imagine prayer to be too impotent a thing to come into rivalry with business methods and worldly practices. Against such a misleading doctrine, Paul sets the whole commands of God, the loyalty to Jesus Christ, the claims of pious character, and the demands of the salvation of the world. Men must pray and put strength and heart into their praying. This is part of the primary business of life, and to it God has called men, first of all. Praying men are God's agents on earth, the representatives of government of heaven, set to a specific task on the earth. While it is true that the Holy Spirit, the angels of God, are agents of God in carrying forth the redemption of the human race, Yet among them there must also be praying men. For such men God has great use. He can make much of them, and in the past has done wonderful things through them. These are his instruments in carrying out God's great purposes on the earth. They are God's messengers, his watchmen, shepherds, workmen, who need not be ashamed fully equipped for the great work to which they are appointed. They honor God and bless the world. Above all things, besides, Christian men and women must, primarily, be leaders in prayer. No matter how conspicuous they may be in other activities, they fail if they are not conspicuous in prayer. They must give their brain and heart to prayer. Men who make and shape the program of Christ's church, who map out its lines of activity, should themselves be shaped and made by prayer. Men controlling the church finances, her thought, her action, should all be men of prayer. The progress to consummation of God's work in this world has two basic principles. God's ability to give and man's ability to ask. Failure in either one is fatal to the success of God's work on earth. God's inability to do or to give would put an end to redemption. Man's failure to pray would, just as surely, set a limit to the plan. God's ability to do and to give has never failed and cannot fail. But man's ability to ask can fail, and often does. Therefore, there's slow progress 
which is being made towards the realization of a world one for Christ, lies entirely with man's limited asking. There is need for the entire church of God on the earth to betake itself to prayer. The church on its knees would bring heaven on the earth. The wonderful ability of God to do for us is thus expressed by Paul in one of his most comprehensive statements. Quote, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, unquote. He says, quote, that ye, always having all sufficiency, and all things may abound to every good work, unquote. Study, I pray you, that remarkable statement, quote, God is able to make all grace abound, unquote. That is, he is able to give such sufficiency that we may abound, overflow to every good work. Why are we not more fully fashioned after this overflowing order? The answer is lack of prayer ability. Quote, we have not because we ask not, unquote. We are feeble, weak, impoverished because of our failure to pray. God is restrained in doing because we are restrained by reason of our non-praying. All failures in securing heaven are traceable to lack of prayer or misdirected petition. Prayer must be broad in its scope. It must plead for others. Intercession for others is the hallmark of all true prayer. When prayer is confined to self and to the spheres of one's personal needs, it dies by reason of its littleness, narrowness, and selfishness. Prayer must be broad and unselfish, or it will perish. Prayer is the soul of a man stirred to plead with God for men. In addition to being interested in the eternal interests of one's own soul, it must, in its very nature, be concerned with the spiritual and eternal war warfare of others. One's ability to pray for self finds its climax in the compassion its concern expresses for others. In 1 Timothy 1, the Apostle Paul urges, with singular and specific emphasis, that those who occupy positions of influence and places of authority are to give themselves to prayer. Quote, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, unquote. This is the high calling of the men of the church, and no calling is so engaging, so engrossing, and so valuable that we can afford to relieve Christian men from the all-important vocation of secret prayer. Nothing whatever can take the place of prayer. Nothing whatever can atone for the neglect of praying. This is utmost, first in point of importance and first in point of time. No man is so high in position or in grace to be exempt from an obligation to pray. No man is too big to pray, no matter who he is, nor what office he fills. The king on his throne is as much obliged to pray as the peasant in his cottage. None is so high and exalted in this world, or so lowly and obscure, as to be excused from praying. The help of everyone is needed in prosecuting the work of God, and the prayer of each praying man helps to swell the aggregate. The leaders in place and gifts and authority are to be chiefs in prayer. Civil and church rulers shape the affairs of the, this world, and so civil and church rulers themselves need to be shaped personally in spirit, heart, and conduct, in truth and righteousness, by the prayers of God's people. 
this is in direct line with Paul's words, quote, I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for rulers and all that are in authority, unquote. It is a sad day for righteousness when church politics, instead of holy praying, shape the administration of the kingdom and elevate men to place and power. Why pray for all men? Because God wills the salvation of all men. God's children on earth must link their prayers 